In today's show, we're looking back at the Charlotte Hornets 2021-2022 season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Let's look at the Charlotte Hornets who did not make it through the play-in game. They're out. So they've got a couple of draft picks. What's their draft situation looking like? They have, uh, actually, let's talk about their fundamentals. 43 and 39. So above 500. Ninth best offense, but a putrid 23rd on defense. About right in terms of expected win-loss as well. And draft pick-wise, they have um, pick 13 at the moment before the lottery. That's their pick. Uh, That could obviously jump up. Low odds to do that, but that could jump up. They also get the Pelicans pick at number 15, part of the Devontae Graham sign-and-trade. They could have 13 and 15. They could have 14 and 15. They could have 1 and 15. But they've got two top 15 picks. They also um, have a second round pick. Their pick 45 uh, is theirs as well, which was potentially getting out into certain areas, but it didn't have to get traded due to protections and all that sort of stuff. So they get pick 45 as well. So three picks, two really quality ones, two top 15 picks. That's good for them. On the books, what do they have to look at? Big one is Miles Bridges' restricted free agency. Yeah, he turned down what it was at $12 million a year. In the extension process, he's going to get 20 plus now. They have to bring him back. It's a lot though. Um, Montrez Harrell is unrestricted. Don't know why you would bring him back. Mason Plumlee's partially guaranteed. I'd look to try and move on from that as well. Cody Martin's restricted. I'd like to bring him back. He's a solid wing rotation piece. They've got a team option 1.9 million for Jalen McDaniels. Yep, I think I like where his career is headed. Nick Richards is non-guaranteed or partial guaranteed. Not, don't care for that. And then Isaiah Thomas, who provided good minutes for them. I wouldn't have thought he'd be a number one priority to bring back as a backup point guard. But at least he sort of found his role on this team. You'd want something better in that spot. It's an up and down one. The big question, of course, is going to be Miles Bridges. But the other big question is, what do you do with Gordon Hayward, who apparently wants a change of scenery? Oh, oh, fuck this guy. He's all over the shop. Yeah, I'd love to get rid of him. $60 million left on his deal. Does it mean I have to take back Russell Westbrook? That's rough. You do not want to play Russell Westbrook and LaMelo Ball together. Surely not. But to get out of... If you can get a draft pick off the Lakers and unprotected and take Westbrook back and buy him out, I know that they probably don't want to do that. Jordan doesn't want to do that. And they'd love to play Westbrook because Westbrook's a Jordan brand athlete, all that sort of stuff. That could be really terrible for them. But getting out of that $60 million of Haywood would be, would be interesting to do. They got a lot of moves in them. What they do with Harrell, what they do with Martin, what they do with Bridges, what they do with Plumley, what they do with the center position in general, what do they do with their defense, what do they do with their coach, what do they do with their general manager? 
I'm not sure any of those guys are uh, absolutely secure to remain. Borrego and Kupchak. After another play-in game defeat. The Haywood signing has been terrible. A lot can change with this team. By the, I'm recording this on the 17th of April. By the time you're listening to this, it's weeks later. A lot may have changed. There might have been a weird trade, a firing. Anything could have happened. So you might, you might know more than me in that respect as to where things sit with this squad, with this roster. But they are not quite at a crossroads because Bridges, Washington, Ball are all really young. Feels like they fucked up the draft last year. Some bad picks, trading away future assets to make bad picks. And now they've got to deal with the Bridges contract, a Ball extension coming up, a Washington extension coming up. And what you do with Haywood. Getting out of the Haywood one and how they do it, and I don't trust them, but how they get out of the Haywood um, situation is going to be key for what their immediate future looks like. That will be that will be the key. The key to delicious protein bars, though, is Built Bar. Because it is the best tasting protein bar ever. I could grab a protein bar and eat it anywhere. Get it at the supermarket. And have to just hold my nose and swallow it down and just be disgusted. Yes, it'll have good protein. But it tastes like crap. And I'm not ever going to reach one of those as a treat, am I? But for Built Bar, I am. Because they're full of protein, 17 grams. 130 calories? 17 grams. You got seven, You know what 17 grams is? I think it's um, 142.8 um, flagon wheels. That's how you measure things, yeah? Low carbs, low fat, low sugar, low calories, 130 calories per bar. And the flavors are great. Cookies and cream, coconut, orange, raspberry, strawberry, mint. And there's the puffs as well. Protein-infused marshmallow. And you can get all these for 15% off. And do that at Built.com. So go to Built.com, use the code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order of these delicious Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Let's talk about the players. Actually, I should have told you who Tankathon suggested or had their mock draft picking. 13, Mark Williams. It's a boring name. 15, Oche Agbaji. It's a good name. And then 45, Jake LaRavia. That's a good name as well. Mark Williams, I wouldn't want it. That's just a terrible name. But he's a center. Um, Lamello, big step forward for Lamello Ball. 15th ranked player this season. Last year, he was, where was he? He was 59th. It's a big step forward. He was a guy that I was pretty interested in taking in round three. Maybe the start of round two, knowing how point guards come off the board. I didn't see him going here. Has he got future first round upside? I think so. Points league, he was 22nd, averaging 42 points. He still played only 32 minutes a game. That's where I look at optimism. You get that to 30, 34, 35, and then we're cooking. The 43 shooting goes to 45, then we're cooking. It's this first round upside. Borrego isn't fully there with him, and I sort of understand that with Borrego because he does some dumb shit, Lamelo. Defensively, he doesn't care. Dumb fouls. Throws errant passes. That will come. Yeah, if I'm investing in him dynasty-wise, I think top 10 is realistic. Not quite there yet. He averaged 20 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists with 3 threes on 1.6 deals. 43 and 87 as he's shooting. That's a true shooting of 55%, including 39 from 3. He just couldn't finish at 2s. But the numbers are still they're really good. Interestingly, he didn't lead the team in Raptor. That was Terry Rogier. Lamelo was actually third behind um, Harold. EPM, he was he was on top though there. 91st percentile in the NBA. 
95th percentile in terms of wins added. 56 true shootings marginally below league average, and his E-field goal is below league average as well. The part of the problem is he just cannot finish at the rim. 53, and this is part of his issue in the NBL as well, is that how do you can't finish? And we've seen that here. Doesn't draw enough free throws because he can't finish also. 53% is horrible at the rim. Good three-point shooting, but needs to get better. Assist numbers are always going to be great. Steal numbers are good. Solid shot blocker. EPM ranks him as a top 50 player in the NBA. Again, he's fourth in LeBron, which is solid enough. But there's still plenty of room for him to get better. Darko, though, loves him. Has him way at the top of this team in terms of um, Darko, which is a metric which takes into account what you've done, but also has a big forward projecting part. And his Darko's at uh, DPM is at two. And it's been a solid increase as the season's gone on. And two is a really strong number. Two is 41st in the NBA. That's a really strong number. And it's I think it's going to get better. And the way it gets better is more minutes, more efficiency. 20 points goes to 23. 43 goes to 45%. 32 minutes goes to 35. 7.6 assists goes to 8.6 assists. These are not big changes. They're pretty easy to see how it happens. He was only a plus 1.7 on court, which is a little bit a little bit annoying, considering what Miles Bridges gave us. But he was still really good. Let's talk Bridges, who just blew up. Now, two years ago, two or three years ago, I think three years ago, I was pretty big on Miles Bridges. I thought big opportunity coming his way. They'll give him good minutes and he'll put up some top 100 numbers and he just farted everywhere. Like he was just machine gunning methane, 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 methane everywhere. That's how bad he was. Then last year, he moved into a sixth man role. The shooting efficiency stepped up, played 28, 29 minutes a game and looked pretty good. This year, we I expected that he would start over PJ. That's what I was told and that's what we told you and projected for. But I couldn't project this. Miles Bridges was the 41st ranked player. He did drop a little bit as the season went on, but it played 36 minutes. It's like seven extra minutes from where it was last year. Actually, I'll give you the exact number there. He went from 29 to 35, so six extra minutes. He averaged 20 points per game with two, three, seven rebounds, four assists, 0.9 steals, 0.8 blocks. Could have been better. He could have averaged more steals. Shot 49 and 80, including 33% from three. He's a guy that's got good defensive ability, but never really registered big steal numbers. I do think that can come from him. Almost doubled his assist rate. Scoring went from 13 to 20. Usage went from 17 to 22. Again, if I go out there and project, hey, when a team that doesn't change that much, you're going to see this seven-minute rise, six-minute rise with a gigantic usage jump, then you're going to get that wrong 98% of the time. But for him, it worked. He was a guy that I did like picking ahead of PJ Washington, but not to this level. Nowhere near this level. He was really, really impressive. His advanced numbers were solid. Like 1.7 on Raptor, that's pretty good. Third on this team in EPM, pretty good. Second on this team in LeBron, really good. Third on this team on Darko, with a huge, huge, massive like incline. Really stepping up, but it did drop a little bit as the season went on. And a plus 5.8 on off, really impressive. I think they would have to be stupid to trade him or let him go. And you're going to have to pay $20 million and that's fine. Lamello and Miles is the combination. That's what you bank on moving forward. Is there anything that he's done here that I look at and go, why shouldn't he be top 50 next year? The only thing I look at is he shot 59% from two. So maybe that falls. And if it does, then the scoring drops off, the field goal drops off. 
but there's still some scope for the steel numbers to jump. But that's your worry. Why I also look at it and go, what's the next step? How does he go from 20 to 25? That's a hard step. I'm not sure he's that. I'm not sure he's got that in him. He might. I'm just not sure he's got that in him. They had another top 50 player, amazingly, Terry Rogier. I was not big on Terry Rogier this year. I thought, hey, he took this gigantic step forward last year where his efficiency went from shithouse to very good. And I don't really believe that he's this good of a mid-range and two-point shooter. But he did it again after a really shaky start. 46th-ranked player overall. 20, he's 28 years old. He played 34 minutes, 19, 4, and 4.5. And 1.3 steals, 44 and 85. Some solid numbers from Rogier. Points League, he was 52nd. Bridges, 38th in Points Leagues, by the way. In Raptor, he led the team, plus 3.1. Really solid, efficient player. EPM, he was 4th, plus 1.3. A little bit down defensively. He still got by, which again, always worries me, hitting 48% of his mid-ranges and took a decent chunk there. Not a stupid chunk, not Brandon Ingram style, but a decent chunk there, which... If that falls off and he's not 85th percentile in mid-ranges, then where does he sit? Assist numbers were okay. They actually spiked a real bit in the middle of the year when he was playing a lot of backup point guard before Isaiah Thomas arrived and it fell off after that. Defensive stats are, are solid enough. Like, he's just solid. He's just a solid player. Is he a guy that in three years' time when he's 31, I expect to be a top 100 guy? No, I don't think he's going to be that player. I think that we might have one or two years at this level. And even next year, I wouldn't be expecting top 50 from him. Pricing it a little bit of a downplay in mid-range shooting, which is what I think you generally have to look at. But he was so good this year. He was really impressive. I'm just not buying him long-term. Let's talk Gordon Hayward, who's a really tough one to evaluate. 80th ranked player this season on a per-game basis, but played 49 games. 32 minutes, 16, 4, and 3.5. And he just didn't get... I thought he could get more assists than that, but with Bridges and Rogier handling it, he just didn't do it. 46 and 85. No defensive stats. That's pretty usual. Shot 39% from three. His Raptor was pretty bad. Defensively, he was pretty bad. EPM likes him a lot. Finished at the rim okay. Like, his numbers aren't... They're not terrible. They're not great. He's sort of just average across the board. LeBron was a little bit down on him. Gordon Haywood's Darko was okay, but... We're seeing a decline coming here for him. And it, it, it's just persistent foot-ankle problems. 80th this year, ADP of 68. I don't think I want to take him in the top 100. I don't think I'd value him top 100. Even though, I think he's probably got one more year. He is 32. He's got maybe one more year as a top 100 player. I think age 32, this many games done. It's probably actually it's probably a 50-50 bet whether he's a top 100 per game player anymore. You play 30 minutes, you lose a little bit of your shooting touch, you don't handle it quite as much. He's still a good player. I I just I think it's a real chance a top 100 per game is done for him. So be aware of that when you're looking at your value that he might have moving forward. He's not horrible, he's solid enough, but you can't trust him. I think that's going to result in a smaller workload coming for Gordon Haywood. I think that's what's going to happen. Let's talk PJ Washington Jr. Injured again to start the year, but ended up with 65 games, 27 minutes. He's only 23. He's younger than Bridges. 113th ranked category league player. 138th in points leagues. 10, 5, and 2. With a, basically a steal on a block on 47 and 72. Like, what's he good at? 
What is PJ Washington good at? Blocks, probably. Everything else is just very mediocre. You probably, if you want to be a good team, you don't want him playing center much. Maybe 10 minutes a game. And you want him as like a backup four. He's got... Some of his defensive stats are nice. But I don't know. Like 0.4 EPM, that's 72nd percentile. That's not bad. LeBron numbers are okay. I'm just not sure if there's any... Where the upside goes for him. He has improved a lot. Yeah, Darko looks at him really improving this season and going up. And I thought he played well. Can he get better, though? Can he get better? He was a plus 4.3, which is one of the best on the team, in on off. That's impressive. Him and Bridges right at the top there. But can he ever be like a 15-7 and 7 bloke with 1.3 blocks, 1.2 steals? I don't know. I don't think so. Can he ever be... Above league average efficiency, are consistently above it. That's not fair to him because he was 58% true shooting and 57% E field goal, which are well above league average. So that's not fair. But he's, he's wildly inconsistent in those numbers. He took threes or shots at the rim. Good shot distribution. He hit his mid-ranges when he was there. But he's not a great rebounder. He's not a great passer. He's a good shot blocker. He's, he's just okay. And I think we'll have moments where he's like must roster or off the roster, but you know, for the next four or five years... He'll probably be in that 80 or 72, 80, 72, sorry, 100 zone. I don't really see how it pushes higher. Let's talk about Montrez Harrell, 146th ranked player. It's very skewed, his numbers. He had a really hot start, fell off completely. Had a hot start when he got to Charlotte, fell off completely. He ended up averaging 13 and 6, 0.6 blocks, 64 and 72. Like they're pretty good percentages, although the 72 is a negative. But 64 is great. Efficiency is great. I just don't think he's a very good player. And he's got so many limitations that you just... We've seen it time and time and time again that you can't play in big minutes. He can come in and 13 points looks great. It looks great. Look what he does in so small minutes. Yeah, it's because he can't play those bigger minutes. The advanced stats loved him though. That's intriguing. 2.8 EPM, second on the team. 2.6 2.6 Raptor, second on the team. 1.3 LeBron, third on the team. Darko, 1.2, second on the team, above Miles Bridges. But there's so many ups and downs in what he does. Montrez Harold, plus 4.2 on off. It, all of that loves him. So I can throw eye test out there or consistency of box score stats, but he has an impact. My problem with him is is that he has that impact. That's really good. But I don't think there's any scalability with him. You can't say, well, he is now our starting center that plays 30 minutes a night. Will he still be that impactful? Almost definitely not. Because he just gets cooked defensively every time. And he needs to come in, bash against second-tier centers, and put up his numbers, and that makes him look super impactful. He has had some success starting at times. But I think over the long run, that just won't work out. He's only 28. He's an unrestricted free agent. Where does he go? What team can make sense of him? Again, I just think that wherever you're sending him, he's playing 23 minutes as a backup max. Is it back here? Will they want to invest in him as a starter? Well, they obviously didn't because they they could have started him this year and they didn't. So I wouldn't bank on him as going ever back into the top 100, personally. 121st in points leagues this year he was. Kelly Oubre, he's only 26, Oubre. 
he was one of the last players to sign in free agency. He's still got one year left at nine or 12 and a half million. Very, very late signing. And his role was very unsure here. 26 minutes a night, despite Haywood missing most of the season or half the season. Ubro would play 30 and then play 17 minutes. He's efficient. He was one of the most inconsistent players in the entire NBA. He averaged 15 points. So you look at points, you yay points. Yeah, that's great. 15, four and one, one assist. Shot 44 and 67. Just can't shoot free throws anymore, apparently. 34% from three. 167th ranked player. I would, I would like to see what they do on this rotation. If Haywood's gone, maybe Ubre steps in. But they just started Cody Martin instead of Ubre. I think he's a guy that you stream in. You hope he has a night where he has 30 points with 10 threes, knowing that it can go completely tits up really quickly. Defensively, I thought he, wasn't, he struggled compared to where he was in Golden State. Again, he wasn't bad. He was about league average efficiency, but it was the inconsistency, the lack of defense, the complete inability to really pass or set anyone up, which really limited his um, value. He's like a spot-up shooter who's inconsistent, and that's not a great combo. So I don't think I'd ever look at him as a draftable 12-team league player. Sure, he might be 120th next year, but I don't want to draft someone with my last pick who I don't think has got the upside to crack the top 100, and I don't think he does. Too much inconsistency, too much uncertainty around his role. Cody Martin, I like what he does on court. Interestingly, him and Ubre are the same age, and they played the exact same minutes. One of them averaged seven points, the other one averaged 15. Martin, 7-4-2, steals, 48-70. and 70. Just like what he does on the court. He's, he's a really strong defender. He's just not a good fantasy player, though. He can be a steal streamer. The advanced staff always likes him because of how good he is defensively. Really solid numbers there, like above league average and EPM well above on Raptor. LeBron likes him a little bit as well, ahead of Oubre, ahead of Gordon Haywood, in fact, over there. Darko really likes him. Big, big steps forward, big positive player now. or not big, but a solid positive player. And I think that there is a 20-odd minute role on a restricted free agent deal, like three years, 22 million for him. Is that what they could get? Would he get more? Maybe somewhere. You don't want to rely upon him as a 30-minute-a-night guy. You don't want to rely upon him as a guy who's going to get usage. He had 12% usage. It's probably a little bit low. Probably needs more than that. But he's actually a good fit. Next to Bridges, Rogier, and Ball. He's actually a good fit there. Don't be surprised to see him maybe installed as a starter if they do move on from Gordon Haywood. Don't be surprised at that. They could, of course, just start PJ Washington like they did this season. But there's uncertainty around where Washington's future lies as well. Mason Plumley. Again, a guy that was in and out of 12-team lineups. His putrid free throws really kill. 39%. Like, that kills. It's very hard to roster him unless you're punting. He averaged 6-8 and eight with 0.7 blocks and 3 assists. One of the best center assist men out there. Good rebounder. Gets some okay steals and good field goal percentage. There is use in him. It's just not for everybody. And you've got to really be able to absorb that free throw. And in points leagues, he was top 150. He had some value. He's not the worst center in the league. He's not the best. He's sort of middle of the pack, but maybe a bit lower. His advanced numbers, defensively, they all showed out pretty good, which is weird. But they need to upgrade that spot. They can't go into next season with a 32-year-old Mason Plumley as their number one guy. I don't know how they do it, and I don't know who they do it with. He's a very solid backup center, Mason, I think. Very solid. But the role he is asked to play here doesn't make any sense. And I don't really ever think we're getting him back to a top 100, top 120 fantasy player. I don't believe that. 
Jalen McDaniels had a really significant ankle injury and that limited him to 55 games. But when he came back, I thought he started to show something. 16 minutes, six points, half a steal, half a block, 48 and 74, 38% shooting from three, hit 0.73s per game. And the fantasy numbers aren't ideal, 325. But on the wing, a wing rotation of Martin, McDaniels, Bridges, Washington. I don't think that's bad. Advanced stats liked him. Especially Raptor, they're pretty pretty big on him there. 59 true shooting, solid numbers. 65% at the rim, really good. Um, LeBron's not quite as high on him. Neither is Darko, like he's okay there. But I thought he took some steps forward towards the end of the season especially. Struggled a bit when he came back initially and then started to put together some good numbers. I think a regular rotation role is probably what they'd be looking for for him. I don't need to talk about Isaiah Thomas. I don't think eight points in 15 minutes, shot 40%. Like He's just not good enough as a shooter, offensive player or defensive player to be a regular rotation guy. He fit on this team because they didn't give a shit about defending anyway. So that was it. And maybe they bring him back. I don't think it should be a priority. Let's talk young guys. Let's talk James Booknight. He was really bad. Like what? I, I didn't like the pick. People wanted him to go pick six to the Thunder, which would have been a disaster. Um, yeah, that, that thought that was happening. I was... This is one that I think I got right in terms of draft projection. I didn't like him as a prospect at all and had no interest in him going in that range, in that top six, top eight range. I didn't believe it at all. He had some okay games in the G League, 22, six and five with two steals and a block. Shot only 32% from three. This is the problem. Even at Connecticut, not a good shooter. Good score, but defensively he sucks. Passing he sucks. He averaged 0.8 assists. Shot 35% from three. His LeBron was horrific, negative 2.5. His Darko, horrific, negative 2.4. It did start to improve a little bit. Nothing about his advanced stats were good. Nothing. I, he didn't flash anything to me that made me go future starter. But I'm not ruling that out. Right? To get to best case offensively, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Defensively, he's never going to get there. But offensively, can he get to KCP? Maybe. I hope you didn't invest too much in a dynasty rookie draft in him. The game is not suited to him fantasy-wise. And I'm not sure he ever gets a big role. While I think he'll be better than he was this year, I don't think he's a gigantic buy low in dynasty. I think the God of Hammers might be. We know each other. He's a friend from work. JT Thor's not 20 yet. Still six, five months away. He only played 33 games in eight minutes, averaged two points, shot 44 and 60. They're not, they're not good numbers. Like they're, they're fine, but they're not good numbers. But I just, there's something about what he can do, small ball center, that I liked. Defensively, I thought when he was thrown out there, he showed a little bit. Now, the advanced numbers aren't really buying that yet, except Darko's pretty impressed, especially with the improvement that he showed throughout the season. That's something for me to watch. In the G League, he averaged 12 and 6, a steal, a block, only shot 19% from three. It's a long-term prospect. I think in three years, maybe he could be top 150. I'm not you know, putting huge expectations there. But I do know that I like him better than Kai Jones. Jones played three minutes a game in 21 games. He's already 21, Kai Jones. And while I say already, that 21's not old. But when you're a project rookie who did nothing, I would hope you're 19 or 20, not already 21. That's where we get 
a little bit worried, I think, about... Well, I didn't like the pick at all of him either at the time. He played 30 games in the G League, 31 minutes a night, 17 and 11 with 2.3 blocks, shot 29% from three. Part of the appeal is, hey, you can shoot some threes. Didn't really do that. The blocks are good. The steal numbers are good. But they needed centers. They had no centers. They were playing Nick Richards and Vernon Carey at times, and he couldn't get any playing time. That's a real worry. The advanced stats are embarrassing. Like negative 12 Raptor is bad. Yes, very limited minutes. Negative 4.6 EPM is very bad. Negative 1.54 LeBron is pretty bad. Darko doesn't really like him either. Negative 8.5 on off. Like it's, it's so small. He only played 60 minutes total. It's so small, but yeah, he's well behind Book Knight and he's well behind Thor, I think, in terms of their rookies. I think they just screwed up the draft. Uh, Thor I like. The other two I don't like. They also got Scotty Lewis at the end of the draft. He played two games. Didn't really understand that pick. I don't think there's much in him either. And Kabolka finally came over, played five minutes total. Well, I don't know what the point of that was. Should have given him some more minutes. But yeah, I wouldn't be excited. I could be wrong on Jones. Maybe he does blow up and develop. I don't see it. Same with Book Knight. I think he's going to be better than what he is. But Thor's the one who's got the most upside, even though I'm less, I'm not super confident in him getting there. And that'll do it for me talking about the Charlotte Hornets. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.